Hello and welcome to another TV Central podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Well, it's time to go down memory lane and have a chat with one of the original cast members of Heartbreak High. Now, he has been on to other things, of course, and is very busy with uh, writing, directing, and, of course, with his role in Neighbours. But I'll always remember him as a school bully from Heartbreak High, which, coincidentally, has just been released on DVD with Season 1. The actor is Scott Major, and he joins me here at TV Central. Hello, Scott, and thanks for joining me for a chat. Uh, Good day, mate. Yeah, great. Hey, look, um, Heartbreak High and uh, the character of Rivers, when I mention uh, that character on the show, what kind of memories come back to you? Oh, look, it was uh, one of my favourite roles ever, uh, Rivers. Uh, I suppose it was because of the age I was, and it was one of my first jobs. I think I'd only been acting professionally for about four years when I got it. And, um, yeah, look, the whole... The whole show was uh, amazing. We had a group of people all thrown together. We were in a school that was a school that was <clears throat> closed down, and um, we're all just this one big, uh, one big family. And uh, yeah, I was, memories I'll never forget. I never realised how how big it was going to be because we, we pretty much shot the entire first series before it went to air. So we were just there having fun shooting a show, and then it went to air and uh, started to get big. Uh, Rivers was a pretty complex character, really. He w- he wasn't just a school bully. He had uh, lots of other issues going on as well. What, what was it? What was it like playing uh, playing Rivers and getting up to all that trouble? Um. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I watched back the first episode um, a while ago, and I I didn't realise quite how racist and sexist and what a mongrel he was. Um, I'm not sure if we get away with it these days. Um. <clears throat> but. Yeah, he wasn't common. He, he did start out as a very troubled man. I mean, he, he, it came down to his upbringing. His dad wasn't a very nice person. Uh, his mum was an alcoholic. Um, slapped him around, as did his dad. So I think when he came out in the end, um, <clears throat> getting taken under his wing by Sam in more ways than one, uh, the teacher, um, I think he, in the end, became a relatively functional person. Mm. But uh, it was a lot of fun to play. I never never liked playing the good guy because you always have to do everything right. <laughs> Definitely didn't have to do everything right. <laughs> um, you worked with the likes of Alex Dimitriadis, Abby Tucker, Tony Martin on the show, great Australian talent. Uh, did you think the, the Schoolyard show would be such a catapult for your career and, and that for the others? Uh, absolutely not. I was actually telling someone the story the other day. Um, I was doing a play in Melbourne uh, when I got offered the role in Heartbreak High. And I'd done the movie The Heartbreak Kid as well. Uh, and I got offered the series and I was sort of chatting to a lot of people saying, oh, I don't know if I want to do it or not. It's got such a such a weird name, like Heartbreak High. It sounds kind of corny. I don't think anyone will watch it. Um, because, you know, Heartbreak and High, I thought, no, Heartbreak High School, that sounds really bad. So I had absolutely no idea that it was going to be the show that it was. And still to this day, I mean, I, I, I went to Paris a couple of... Um, I went to Paris a couple of um, years ago for Christmas and I was walking down the street and I looked nothing like, a, like Rivers did and uh, people were still recognising me down the street for being Rivers. So in Paris? It had a, well, in Paris. Yeah, it was really big in, really big in France. Wow. I used to play it every summer holidays and again and again and again. Do you, do you uh, keep in touch with anyone from Heartbreak High Days? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sal Coco is a very, very dear friend of mine who I see all the time. Uh, Bob Guskos, who played his mother, uh, where he's still very, very close. Tony Pollard, I came in contact with every now and again. Cal Walvey, um, who we did actually didn't work on the show together, but um, 
funnily enough, he used to live with Johnny Pollard and I when, before he was on the show. When when I left the show, he went on. Um, <clears throat> wow. Who else? Um, uh, I actually got a, a Facebook message from Alex Dimitriatis the other day, which is uh, which is good. I haven't seen him in a long time. But yeah, no, look, we we were all part of this family, and we uh, we still stay in contact. Um, I've just finished watching, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in a Cabramatta that was on um, TV recently, and also the Aussie flick, The Combination, which is uh, has a review on TV Central, which is coming up soon, with a lot of discussion about multiculturalist Australia and the Lebanese and Asian culture, and particularly in the western suburbs of Sydney. Now, Heartbreak High really set the agenda, didn't they, with uh, all those years back with having such a diverse cast? What was the talk back then about the uh, the series with with cast in terms of race and culture? Well, from where we stood, um, we were just a group of friends doing it, uh, doing the show, and it was only when we became aware that there was such talk about the diversity, because that's what Australian schools are. That's mm. the, we have a diverse, uh, multicultural society. So for us doing it, it was only when we, when we went to air and there was talk about it that we realised that it's not represented very well on Australian television. There's not, not a lot of real representation of what our society is. So look, it, it was great. And um, I've, <laughs> I, I value that time because I became very close to both the Greek and Italian communities in Sydney, um, which was hard at the start because my character was so racist. I remember, I remember shooting in Marrickville uh, where we shot the original few episodes before we had, couldn't because it was too dangerous. But... Um, I remember my character had Rivers having to walk down the street and yell at Nick and Con, you know, you stupid wogs. <laughs> and in the middle of Mar- in the middle of Marrickville in Sydney, that's not a smart thing to do. And I ended up having to be walked to my car by security uh, because people couldn't make the distinction between character and person. So I, yeah, I literally had to be walked to my car with people sitting in my car waiting for me to bash me up. And so it took a while for people to make the, the distinction. But yeah, no, look, I, I, I think. We need to see that in Australia because that's that's the culture we live in. Well, Heartbreak Hay was able to do this with so successfully for a number of years. And why do you think it's not being met with the same ease on on shows like Home and Away and Neighbours? I notice if if one of the shows have a ethnic character, it's actually quite a big a big deal, or it's a set. You know, it's it's not quite as made with ease as it was on Heartbreak High. Why do you think it's not met the same in these other soaps? Um, I think that's purely just the media beat up. I think it, um, I think it, it, it definitely, um, it definitely is met with as much ease from the, from the public. It's just mm. the, uh, the press that beats it up and says, oh wow, look at this, look at this. And possibly because there've been such, um, white bread shows in the past that, that, that it is unusual to see. But, you know, I think both Home and Away and Neighbours are trying to move with the times and trying to get that on, but, and sometimes the the media beats it up so much that they um yeah pull away from it. Mm. Look, I could uh, talk about Heartbreak High for the next two hours, but we'll move on. Just a quick question about <laughs> of note: uh, you, you were the original Darren Stark in Neighbours, uh, weren't you? What happened to that role? How come he you were the original and then it was recast? Uh, well, I did the show uh, was the original Darren Stark. Uh, then that, that was all the character was uh, originally. And the character went so well, they decided to bring it back. But when they decided to bring it back, they did offer me the role. Um, but I had just completed Heartbreak High. Um, uh-huh. I, I completed Heartbreak High probably about a month 
before they offered it to me. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go from Heartbreak Heart back to Neighbours. And I thought it was time to, I'd done Neighbours, I'd done Heartbreak Heart, it was time to move on and try and get some other sort of work. And I think Todd McDonald did such a good job with the character, they kept it in for years. Mm. Yeah, it was years. Um, you came back to Neighbours in 2008 in the role of Lucas. Uh, what's it, what was it like coming back to the soap world in, in Australia? Because you were overseas uh, previously before that, weren't you? Yeah, I did a bit of work overseas. I was. I was, uh, lived in London for a couple of years and did a couple of shows over there. Um, I, I remember my agent ringing me and saying, oh, Scott, now be, be, don't hang up and hear me out first. <laughs> but uh, Neighbours is interested if you were for, in a role. And I never really thought I'd go back to Neighbours. Uh, and not because I dislike or think Neighbours is anything. I think Neighbours is a great show. I think it's part of Australian culture, as is Home and Away. They've been around for so many years, and whether people watch them religiously or not, <clears throat> they've had an experience with them, and they've it's helped, you know, shape them in some way. Um, and then I ended up getting the role. And I, look, I I can't be happier. I I think um, Neighbours is a as an actor in Australia, there's not a lot of work around. Mm. So to be working, which I've nearly been there four years now, four years consistently, uh, with a great cast and a great crew, uh, I, I really didn't think I would love it as much as I do. Yeah, well, um, Neighbours has returned now for 2012, so another year for the show in the last week. Uh, what's in store for Lucas this year? Oh, there's big ups and downs for Lucas this year. Um, well, what I know, look, I, to be to be honest, I, I don't get told a hell of a lot. We um, we often get the surprise when we get the scripts and go, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but uh, no, there's, he's going to be unlucky in love again, um, and uh, possibly lucky in love. I, I believe there could be romance on the way for him. But not your not your usual sort of romance, and of course you'll still have his garage, which he owns now. After the after his father died and left him some money, he bought the garage, and he's also got his apprentice Chris, uh, played by James Mason, um, who uh, is doing some wonderful work, and also you know he's uh, playing the gay character on the show, which you know you talk about multicultural. Mm. Um, there's also not a lot of large representation on Australian television for the for, for gay characters, either male or female. So, so that's great that Mavis is doing that as well. And I think he's got a really big storyline coming up as well. Yeah, so I, I did notice. Um, I think it's uh, Bobby Morley joining the cast. Uh, well, come on air later on as as a love interest for him. So yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, well, Bob, that... Bob's on air at the moment. But he's not on the screen yet, though, is he? Yeah, he's on screen. Yeah, he was on uh, the last two nights he's been on. Okay. Um, he's been on for a while. He plays a nurse at the hospital named Aiden. Okay. So what what else can fans expect in uh, 2012 from the show overall? Oh, look, as I said, I, I, I get kept in the dark as the, the, the mm -hmm. show in general, but we do have uh, two new producers on board. So I can, uh, we've got um, uh, Richard Yazik, who's the executive producer now, taking over from Susan Dow. And Alan Hardy, who's taken over from Neil Kingston. So when there's a changing of the guard like that, you can always expect um, some fairly big changes or some some different uh, footprints being left mm. on the show. An interesting note is that you've been uh, involved in a little bit of directing with Neighbours. Uh, what made you make the transition to to directing? Uh, look, I've always been interested in directing, and and I love every aspect of the industry that I work in. Um, but uh, I actually got offered the role. I got offered the role by uh, 
Sue Wilde. She said, she called me into the office one day, who's the, the wine producer in it, and she um, called me in and said, it's got an interest in directing at all? And I said, yes. And then she um, set up an internship with uh, one of the directors on the show, Tony Osaka. And, yeah, it just things went from there to there. It was an internship, which um, I've now sort of uh, almost completed, but I'm still being mentored by Tony. Uh, I didn't do too much directing at the end of last year. It was more at the first part of 2011. But with the new producers on board, I've uh, had a chat to them, and they're quite keen for me to keep directing this year as well as acting. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's a good challenge for the year. And uh, can you see a future in directing past uh, past acting or while you're acting as well in the future? Well, yeah, look, a question I often get asked is, hey, which do you prefer? I, I don't prefer either. I, I love both. And, yeah, I want to continue um, doing both, whether it be at Neighbours or, or other Australian dramas or film. Or I do a lot of writing myself and I do... Um, I, I try and keep my... Fingers in all pies. The industry is a very small industry, and the more strings you bow you have, the more chance you have of getting work. And um, I love being on set in whatever capacity it is. So, tell us a bit about that that writing. What what sort of things do you write? Are you writing TV shows or plays, or, or what, what sort of things are you writing? Well, the things that have got up uh, uh, that I've written uh, the plays. Uh, I've got a show in 2006 in, uh, for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival called Both Sides of the Bar. Um, and I've written quite a few plays uh, as well as that. Uh, I've also got a TV series that I've written that I've been trying to pitch to the UK market. Um, and I've got a couple of short films and a feature that I've written. So, yeah, I, look, I just keep writing them and hopefully one day some of them will get produced. All right, um, we've we've talked about Heartbreak High and then sort of jumped to Neighbours, but I want to go right back for a moment. Uh, tell me about uh, growing up in Melbourne. Were you in a sort of a large or, or small family? Um, I, well, medium size. I suppose I've got two siblings. I've got a brother and a sister. Okay. Uh, both older than me. I'm, I'm the baby. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and a mother and father who were together. My father, unfortunately, passed away uh, two years ago, uh, three years ago. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, we had a, a very good, uh, a very good family. Do you have one of those stories where, the, where there was an inkling acting might be something for you, and and you were always performing in front of mum or something like that? Where, where did the acting come from? I wasn't. Uh, look, I was. I was a smart actor, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, acting, I sort of almost fell into it as such as I. Um, I. Um, my friend of mine was doing a lot of modelling work when he was, you know, when we were very young, like um, 10 or 11, and he could buy the best skateboards and you know, best cricket bats and all that kind of thing. So I um, convinced my mum to let me join, uh, my mum and dad to let me join the uh, modelling agent. For obvious reasons, didn't get any modelling work, but um, what I did um, get was an audition for an ABC series called uh, New Winners, and I did a show on that called His Master's Ghost. And so about five auditions later, I ended up getting that role, which was great. And then I realised that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my for my working day. So I ended up going off and training at the National Theatre and a few other places like that to um, to get it in. But no, I wasn't acting. I suppose I wasn't I wasn't an eight year old kid wanting to be on the theatre. It was sort of I got a job and then realised that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, my dad was an AFL radio commentator uh, oh. on radio for, for, for many, many years um, with a, uh, someone named Jack Dyer. They were the captain and the major. Uh, they were number one ranked for about 25 years. So I was 
in a way involved, you know, had a, a concept of what it was like to be in the media. Mm. Wow. Um, you know, something you just said there, which I had written down, you, you'd said in a previous interview, uh, you know, about the, the modelling thing, and you sort of said for... Uh, and this was the same quote as what you just said a minute ago, and for obvious reasons, I didn't get into, into modelling. Um, what, do, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm not really the model type, am I? Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, um, I'm not very pretty. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, just for that age, they're looking for very cute young kids, and that's something I definitely wasn't. Well, I'm thinking that the zillions of young girls watching Heartbreak High would absolutely disagree with you. Well, in Heartbreak High, um, you know, maybe maybe I was, <laughs> but uh, it's it's you know, still, I was still fairly rough around the edges. I wasn't uh, I wasn't clean cut in any way. And generally, with modelling, they like more clean cut. Mm. Hey, that um that that first uh, taste of acting that you had in that uh, TV movie, More Winners, his his uh, Masters Ghost. Now, I haven't seen that, but um, obviously that was your your first major role. What what was it like? Uh, you know, tell us about that experience. I mean, turning up to your first sort of professional role and stuff like that. Uh, oh, it was it was mind blowing, um, uh, and I still remember the feeling of going in and having rehearsals, just thinking, "Oh, this is kind of unbelievable and unheard of." And then getting um, getting my makeup done, getting my costume done, and just about to go to set. One of the other cast members, um, David Besser. Uh, it was a bit older than us. He was probably about 16 at the time, and we're all 13, 14. Uh, and he was coming back from set. And I, uh, so I said to him, "Have you have you filmed a scene? Have you have you shot a scene? What was it like?" Just <laughs> totally, uh, totally in awe of my God. I'm going to go up there, and they're going to shoot it, and it's going to be on film. And oh, it was absolutely and totally mind blowing. And I, and the thing I remember about that shoot the most was just the family atmosphere that is created um, mm. on these shows. And um, and I think that's something you, you, you get addicted to in a way. Mm. I was saying uh, a TV buff always have been. And another series that you, you're in that, you know, I must say I've never heard of, but I'm really surprised when I looked at the cast list for it. And that was a, a series called Late for School. It had Sarah Chadwick in it, Stephen Curry was in it, Frankie J. Holden, and even Matthew Newton. I'm not sure why I haven't heard of it, but um, tell us about that experience. Yeah, look, that, that was, um, I thought that was a great little show, to be honest. It was a sitcom, I think it lasted 26 episodes or maybe 13, I can't really remember. Uh, shot at the same studios we shoot Neighbours at, funnily enough, which, um, <laughs> you know, is almost like coming home. Um, it was a quirky sitcom about Sarah Chadwick's uh, character, went back to school to do Year 11 and 12 with her daughter, who was played by Melissa Thomas, and uh, her son, Matthew Newton, also went to school and was best mates with uh, Stephen Curry's character. Um, and also, actually, one of the... Uh, then there was my character, Oates, who used to beat up a character, Sefton, all the time. That's basically all my character did. He went around and beat up Sefton in certain ways as the school bully in uh, very comedic ways. And he was played by uh, Anthony Engelman, who I think did quite a bit on Neighbours for a while. I think he was Stonefish. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, look, that, 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 that was a great experience. And the, the best thing about that show, I think, for me, was um, we shot it in front of a live studio audience. So you're shooting and you've got the, the, the live studio audience there as well. So uh, you sort of have the best of both worlds. Mm. 
hopefully that, that that gets released on DVD or something or on one of the multi channels. Be great to see that one. Look, um, I think the movie uh, Heartbreak Kid uh, would have been next. Um, now most people think Alex Dimitriadis' character was the only one that uh, went from the movie to the series, but there actually were a few of you, weren't there? Yeah, there was myself, um, Catherine Halliday, who played Rose, um, then and Alex. I think there was just the three of us, if memory serves me correctly. Was, was, was uh, Dor- yeah. Doris not in, in Heartbreak High? Oh, of course, Doris Unane. Yes, 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 yes. Doris Unane, who who's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, unfortunately, someone who I haven't kept in contact with, but uh, her and I were extremely close um, during the shooting at Heartbreak High. We just got along like a house on fire, so... Yeah, she's a she's a very very funny, very uh, very great woman. Yeah, so, how did that transition happen? Did you literally just get a call months later and say, "Look, we're doing we're doing the TV series. You've got the job," or did you have to audition again, or did had? Um, I was um, I was a bit cheeky back then, and I um, no, um, I um, heard the show through the media was going. Uh, the movie was going into a series, and I still had the um, the cast and crew list from the from the movie. So I found the producer Ben Gannon's phone number uh, from that cast from the crew list, and proceeded to ring him and say, "Oh, good day, mate! I, congratulations! I hear the uh, the movie's going into a series. It's fantastic. Um, I'm hoping that you're going to use Rivers." And he actually originally said, "No, no, no. We haven't. We're not. We're not using the character Rivers in the um, in the uh, in the series." And I said, come on, mate, you have to have, you have to have uh, the bad guy. It doesn't work otherwise. And uh, he said, no, sorry, mate, no, it's not happening. Uh, it's not happening, not happening. And I went, oh, fair enough. And then about a week later, I got a phone call from, uh, my agent got a phone call from the production company saying, hey, uh, we want Scott to move up to Sydney next week to work in the series. So it was purely, I think, me ringing up and giving a bit of a hassle that made it go through. Mm. These, these are these are great little tidbits. Um, I'm just imagining heartbreak high now without rivers. That was a- almost uh, what could have happened. Um, <laughs> you had uh, bit, bit parts in shows like uh, Wild Side, Blue Healers, GP, Newlyweds, Police Rescue, All, All Saints, uh, Water Rats. Any standout memories with uh, any of those? Oh, look, they were all good. They were all great. Um, Wild Side was um, the same producers as Heartbreak High. Mm. So it was good to go back there. And uh, Nick Alasturis was the drama coach on Heartbreak High. He was also the drama coach on Wildside. And he was a very intense man. Um, he's a very intense man. And um, I loved working with him. And he always pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed me. And I, I remember one time being on on uh, on set at Wildside and I was doing a scene. Uh, it was supposed to be a romantic scene as such. And it just wasn't working. It just it was with Jess Napier. And it just wasn't working. This wasn't working. And... He came on a set and said, all right, well, um, what's your actions and your objectives? I said, oh, um, um, and he said, all right, do you know your lines? I said, yeah, I know my lines, of course I know my lines. He said, so you know your lines, but you don't know your actions and your objectives, which is a acting uh, method that he uses. And he ended up kicking the entire crew off set and working with me for 15 minutes and yelling at me for not never coming onto his set without knowing my actions and objectives again. That was a memorable moment, not possibly a, a pleasant one, but a, a memorable moment <laughs> all the same. I, um, but no, they're, they're all good. 1999, now you, you start in the movie Envy. Now, 
admittedly, I, I'd not seen the film, but decided to, uh, because I was interviewing you, I'd watch a clip of it. Now, randomly, I, I got a scene of you in a very tight set of leather pants. Now, you and this girl seem to have pinned down some guy in the bed of what seemed to be a hotel room or something. The girl got out some, some lingerie to tie him up. You were laughing and gave him a kiss on the cheek, and, and that was the end of the clip. So I guess my question is, what happened next, and uh, what was that movie about? Um, that, look, that was a um, that was a great movie. Um, it was quite a, a dark film. It was written by Jeff Truman and directed by Julie Money, and it was it was basically the first story about revenge. Um, these kids, uh, these gang, which I was the leader of, with two girls. In fact, Abby Tucker was in that film as well. Mm. Um, uh, it was also in Heartbreak High, obviously. Um, Basically, the story goes that they these kids stole a dress off the clothesline of a house, and the woman saw these kids in the dress at the pool, and the woman who originally owned the dress and stole it back. And then from there, started a a series of events uh, where these kids, these bored kids, uh, took revenge on the family through the son um, by assaulting the son, as is shown, and then it's the story about the mother's protection and protecting the child and the length she'll go to to stop these people harassing her family. Uh, so as I said, it's quite a, quite a dark film, but uh, it, it's, uh, I think it's a great film. You did mention that Abby Tucker was in it. Um, if you appear in different shows with, with people from Heartbreak High, is that just a coincidence or, or do people actually, sort of, when you get called, um, sort of suggest people to, for, to producers and stuff like that? Or is it just a coincidence when... When people like yourself, uh, purely just a coincidence. <clears throat> um, I don't think people try and get the old crew back together, um, but it's nice when it happens. As I said, the memories from Heartbreak High. I think anyone who was in it during that period and possibly after, um, there's a connection that we'll never lose. Mm. Look, I'm, I'm definitely going to be getting a copy of that film uh, for sure. Uh, in in uh, other interesting move, you starred in a handful of episodes of Blue Healers over the years playing different characters. Um, w was that weird? Did, I mean, what happened there? Did they like you so much they just kept calling you back for, for different characters? I think there was at least three, wasn't there? Yeah, it was three or four, I think. Yeah. Um, Blue Healers was one of those shows. I think it ran for 13 or 14 years. I'm not quite sure how many. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, there's only a certain amount of uh, the work in Australia, and I think I think they had a um, I think they had a four year, four year rule. If you had been on it, then four years later you could go on it again. <laughs> and I just happened to fit into that three or four times. So um, although the last two were quite close together, I think. Yeah, no, it was, it was always weird, but always uh, appreciated. And, and with a show like that, it's, the guest cast can come and go. The, the show's not about the guest cast. The show's about. I mean, the guest cast are just there to push the story of the main cast, and Blue Hills is very much about the main cast and how they deal with the situations and their loves and lives. So, yeah, you can get away with it on a show like that without the uh, audience remembering too much. And I, I did change my look quite quite a lot over the years. Hey, um, what, one more role to talk about, uh, which was hard to miss, obviously, Tom Morgan in Always Greener. Just t tell me more about that experience on the show, because uh, it was definitely a fan favourite, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely adored Always Greener. And, and we did two series and we were, we were just about to go into the third when um, David Leckie came into Channel 7 and decided to axe it. Um, 
Uh, it was a brilliant show. It was so much fun to shoot. The feeling on the cast was amazing. I mean, you had Michaela Bannis and uh, Catherine McDougall, uh, John Howard, Daniel Bowden. I mean, it was just, the cast was just amazing. And mm. it was, and for me personally, I love the role of um, of uh, of Tom Morgan. It was so different to anything I'd played before. Sort of an illiterate farmhand, an innocent guy who would you know never do anything wrong intentionally. And, also had a hard life and a hard upbringing, but you know he's just a genuine, decent, beautiful man through and through. And uh, but also struggling with with the real world and society. And you know, yeah, I mean the producer uh, Joe Porter, who now does obviously Pack to the Rafters and so forth, um, created by Bevan Lee, uh, who also does Pack to the Rafters and Winners and Losers. You know, the, the, sh- the show had all the, the, the makings of a, of a really great show, and it did do really well. I think when it got axed, it was rating 1.5 million, which um, and this day and age in this uh, current climate would be a runaway hit. So it was being axed when it was a runaway hit. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people wonder what happened with the show. I mean, it is, as I said, it was a massive ratings hit in its first season, and then my understanding was there was a um, there were time slot change. I think it either went from Sundays to Mondays or Mondays to Sundays. Something happened there, and then it didn't do as well in its second season. Although, as you said, it was still very strong. Um, so, do you, I mean, it was do you think very it was, strong? But it, was just, it was just comparatively to how the first season go. I mean, the first season we were rating one point eight, one point nine every week. Uh, million, and then the second series is sort of like 1.4 to 1.5. But still, that was still winning its slot. Or no, no, I think it was being beaten by 60 minutes. I think that's what happened. But they decided to put it up against 60 minutes, uh, or something like that. I can't remember. It's 2001 now. It's quite a while ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. Look, as I said, it was it was still rating very well comparatively to to these days. And uh, I think. Um, yeah, look, who knows what happened. We were, we were literally two weeks out from shooting the third series. We'd all been approved. Our contracts had been signed. Uh, we were going ahead to shoot the series. And um, I was I was actually doing a photo shoot for the third series to promote the third series. And when I came out of the photo shoot, I had four messages on my phone letting me know that the series had been axed. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird situation. I still probably don't know exactly what happened. Something behind closed doors. Mm. Now, um, I remember you, you had a few nude scenes in Always Greener. Um, would it be right in saying you've obviously got um, no issues pulling off your gear for a for a TV role, or is it something that you prefer? Oh, not look, to? it's it's, ne- it's never fun, um, and I would uh, you know would prefer not to do it. But I think most of the roles I've done, I've ended up getting my gear off for most of the long time. It's long term stuff, I suppose. It's just part of the job. It's just what you do, and it's very uncomfortable in the day. In fact, I've got a nude scene coming up in Neighbours soon, I think, which is uh, going to be fun games. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 water rats, I had to get my old gear off. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, 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 I don't like it at all, but it just seems to have, follow me around. Yeah, I've seen I think it. Pattern, like, yeah. I, think people, I think people like laughing at me with my clothes off. Mm. Um. Look, let, let's uh, talk about what you're what you're up to now. I believe you're rehearsing for a play, uh, all this intimacy. Tell us more about that role in the play. Yeah, look, well, I'm very early stages of, um, of rehearsals. Um, in fact, I've got to head off and see the venue soon that we're putting it on. Now. We're putting it on at uh, Chapel Off Chapel. Uh, it opens in Feb, on Feb 21st of this year. Um, it's a great little play. It's written by a man named Ajit Joseph from New York. 
and basically follows uh, my character, who's a, a poet and a poet lecturer who happens to, no, I suppose accidentally, but not really, uh, impregnate three women in one week. Um, accidentally. And then the four, accidentally, yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> intend to. Um, uh, and this is the fallout that comes from that. Um, there's um, there's uh, his next-door neighbour, an older woman who's married, there's his ex-girlfriend, uh, and uh, one of his 18-year-old students. Uh, his ex-girlfriend is actually... His ex-girlfriend's sister is marrying his best friend as well. So there's lots of uh, lots of fallout that can occur from that. Yeah, aptly titled then, All This uh, Intimacy. That's why it's Indeed. called that. A um, couple of quick questions, um, just so we know more about you. Uh, what, what do you like doing in your, in your spare time, if you've got any? <laughs> well, I don't, well, that's probably exactly right. I don't have a lot of spare time. I try and keep myself busy all the time. I directed two plays at the end of last year and also uh, appeared in one of them as well as directly on Neighbours as well as um, doing that full-time job. But when I do have some spare time or for fitness as well, I, I like to kayak. Uh, I live near the uh, ocean, so I, I see kayak. Uh, I try and get out there three or four times a week. Um, play a bit of guitar badly and also ride my motorbike. Oh, cool. Um, are, you, are you married to have a partner? No. No, no, no. I've been uh, I've been a single man for about three years now, which has been fantastic. I'm, once again, I don't have any spare time, so um, my um, sort of married to my work as such at the moment. Mm. Um, and uh, what actual shows do you like watching on telly? Your your own preferences. Um, I, look, I try and um, I try and watch all Australian drama just because uh, it's my industry, and I, I try and support it. Uh, I think. Uh, the ones that I've liked last year uh, were... I, I enjoyed Winners and Losers. Um, uh, Crownies on ABC I also yeah. quite enjoyed. And also Rake uh, I thought was excellent. And uh, and what about movies? Oh, and, the sla- and The Slap. Oh, The also Slap, the yeah. The Slap was, the slap was brilliant, um, as was Cloud Street. Um, so this, was, last year was a really good year for Australian drama, I thought. Mm. And, and what kind of movies do you do you like? Uh, depends on the mood I'm in. If I'm uh, tired and uh, drained, then I'll watch an action film. If my brain's still uh, working, then um, okay, anything goes. Um, you, you've had a busy few months uh, writing, directing, music videos, and all that. Uh, uh, tell us about these things. What have, what have you been up to? Um, well, I'm, look, uh, earlier last year, which has now just finally been released on iTunes, I directed a, a series of four uh, live music videos for a band called All The Cattle, uh, two of which are available on iTunes now to buy. So if you look up All The Cattle, you'll be able to find those. Uh, it's a great band, and uh, that's a lot of fun doing that. I've actually got to run off and shoot another clip uh, now with uh, one of the girls who's currently on Neighbours with me, Freya Stafford, who plays Amelia. Uh, Michael's sister-in-law. She's a, she's also a, a brilliant singer, and she's recording some stuff in the church today. So I'm going off to record that. Um, another friend of mine's band, uh, Tony Johansson, the Land of Plenty. I've recorded a clip for them. It's uh, probably released mid this year uh, for a song called Valerie, uh, an original version, not the one that uh, the Zootons did, and then your Winehouse covered. Um, so I've done that. Also shot a short film uh, for Trotfest uh, earlier.
early December, oh, yeah, sort of mid-December this year, which we've cut and submitted, so hopefully that makes it through to the finals. Mm. Um, so, yeah, apart from that, nothing, just being lazy. Yeah, it sounds like you need more work too. Um, <laughs> second, second last question, because um, people always love this, uh, always lots of goofs in the film and TV industry. Uh, tell us about, have you got an unusual and embarrassing situation you've been caught in? Oh, look, many, 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 many. Um, I think one of the ones from the early days was um, when I was shooting late for school. I was doing a scene where I had to get my gear off, funnily enough, and uh, filming in front of a live studio audience, uh, the cameras broke down. And so I was out on set and just a, a, de a flesh-coloured dancer's G-string in front of, you know, 100 people. Mm -hmm. Just waiting for these cameras to be there, waiting, 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 and I was, I was a bit of sixteen-year-old boy, and I was quite nervous and not really happy with what was going on. And then Frankie J Holden saved the day and ran out from behind stage in his underwear and started doing a <laughs> pretending to pose like a bodybuilding competition to sort of ease the tension on me. So that that was uh, something I always remember him for and thank him for because it was a very uncomfortable situation. Beautiful. Um, finally, uh, what do you think that the future holds beyond this next chapter? With I mean, you've got all this intimacy and neighbours, um, but more importantly, I guess, what, what would you what would you like the future to hold? Oh, look, I'm, I'm quite happy on neighbours uh, at the moment. I am contracted through to 2013, so uh, continue to do neighbours, continue to get my own projects up. Um, I had a meeting yesterday about um, writing a, a uh, another a new piece. Uh, theatre, which is a uh, sounds really interesting, in conjunction with uh, working with a few homeless people in Melbourne. So that's an interesting project. It looks like it'll get up in November. Uh, I'm also helping writing and direct another play for July, um, which will be shown at Re Revolt. Um, what to, I think that's called, what to do after a breakup. Uh, and I've got also got a few short films that I also want to shoot and keep developing the features that I've got. I've got a, a couple of features that uh, I want to keep going. Long term, long term, I have a, a small pipe dream to um, learn French and move to Paris and try and work in French cinema. But that's, oh, a, very wow. long, that's a very long off pipe dream. So we'll wait and see. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as I wake in another episode of Heartbreak High, which I've been watching uh, season one, which is out on DVD, um, and and find a copy of uh, Envy and, and somehow find Late for School. That'd be sounds very interesting with with that cast as well. I'd like to take this opportunity. Thank you for um, taking the time to chat with me, and uh, all, all the best with everything. Thanks very much, mate. It's been a pleasure. Scott Major, star of Neighbours, screening weeknights on eleven at six thirty p.m., and you can catch him in all this intimacy from the 21st of February in Chapel of Chapel in Paran in Melbourne, Heartbreak High Season 1, now out on DVD as well. That's all for this podcast. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more podcasts real soon. Until then, I'm Aaron Ryan for tvcentral.com.au. See you then.